When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Friday, June 3rd, and this is People Every Day. Hello again, everyone. Janine Rubenstein at your service this here Friday. We made it, and I am so excited for the weekend. I'm having a little desert getaway moment with my friends, so I'll let you know how that goes. I am also excited for this show today, so let's send you off into the weekend all caught up on what's been swirling around out there. As the dust from the Depp Heard verdict continues to settle, experts are weighing in on the financial toll the trial has taken on Amber Heard. So far, she's paid more than $6 million in legal costs. And now that Depp has been awarded $10.35 million, which came down from the initial $15 million awarded due to a Virginia law that limits punitive damages, there is growing speculation on how Heard plans to pay for all of this. But perhaps it may not be as heavy of a lift as it seems. Legal analyst Emily D. Baker elaborated on the process to people, saying that, quote, it will be up to the parties, but once the judgment is entered on June 24th, I wonder if the attorneys will start negotiating that judgment payment. I imagine that they will try to settle it, and you'll see a PR statement that they are not seeking to enforce the judgment. While Heard may still need to stick to a tight budget for now, it seems like Depp's wallet may be stretching further. A former Disney executive recently speculated to people that they could indeed envision a reunion with Depp and Disney. You know, Disney behind the hit Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. The former exec stated, I absolutely believe post-verdict that Pirates is primed for rebooting with Johnny as Captain Jack back on board. And that, quote, there is just too much potential box office treasure. Not sure if pun was intended, but I think so. And I gotta say, it's been very interesting to see the way Hollywood is taking sides since the verdict. In the immediate aftermath of the ruling, Depp and Heard each released statements on social media. His exalting his win and hers declaring that she feels It was a miscarriage of justice, basically. Depp received an overwhelming amount of likes and comments from fans and his famous peers, dwarfing the likes and comments Heard received. Interestingly enough, it's been reported that Heard's Aquaman 2 co-star, Jason Momoa, liked both statements because Aquaman doesn't take sides or... He's fluid and takes all of them. Who knows? I've said it before and I'll say it again. This is the trial that just won't end. And I am sure there will be even more to come out of this. Joe Biden made a rare primetime address to the nation yesterday as he reflected on visiting the memorials of Uvalde and Buffalo in recent days. We spent hours with hundreds of family members who were broken and whose lives will never be the same. They had one message for all of us. Do something. Just do something. For God's sake, do something. In his emotional speech, President Biden called on Congress to take action to curb gun-related violence. Biden's plea comes just a little over a week after the Uvalde Elementary School shooting and days after a shooting at a hospital in Tulsa, Oklahoma. 
The president directly called for a ban on assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. Today is Friday, June 3rd, and since 2015, the first Friday in June has been known as National Gun Violence Awareness Day. It's a movement that began not long after 15-year-old Hadia Pendleton was fatally shot on a playground in Chicago back in January of 2013. Her childhood friends began to wear orange as a tribute, and now it's become a national movement. Today, people across the country are wearing orange. And with everything that's gone on in the recent weeks and days, really, I cannot tell you how much I'm hoping that we finally start to see some positive changes surrounding gun control. All right, and in happy news, the Queen's Jubilee celebrations are running at full steam, and it's been very exciting to see the royal family honoring Queen Elizabeth. There is just so much to talk about, including Harry and Meghan reuniting with the rest of the royals. Day two of the Queen's Platinum Jubilee celebrations is underway. The monarch is commemorating a historic 70 years on the throne, as we know, a royally amazing accomplishment. And the celebrations are not slowing down. Today, there was a special service honoring the Queen at St. Paul's Cathedral. And we saw the royal family out and about bringing their A-plus fashion game, if you ask me. And joining me now to talk all about it is People's Senior Editor, Erin Hill. Hey, Erin, welcome back. Hi, great to be here. So before we dive into day two of the festivities, even though this was a service honoring the queen, she wasn't there. She's taking a little bit of a break to rest amid the celebration. So what's happening here? Is she okay? She's fine. She's taking, as you said, a little break um, between the four-day festivities. This is a lot for anyone, let alone a you know, 96-year-old. A source told people that her episodic mobility issues that she's been dealing with for several months flare during the course of the day. On Thursday, you know, we saw her stepping out to the balcony a few times, standing for long periods of time. We know that's difficult for her. She had her cane with her. But the source adds, you know, it's regrettable. She really was experiencing some discomfort, but it was the most sensible decision, you know, based on the physical demands of, of today's service at the cathedral, a long walk to the seat and standing up. So it's best for her to rest at Windsor and be good to go for the rest of the weekend. For sure. And while the Queen was resting, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle reunited with Prince William and Kate Middleton at St. Paul's Cathedral. They all looked fabulous, I must say. And I really loved Meghan and Kate's dresses. This is the first time the four of them did a royal appearance together in over two years. And I mean, I got to ask, could there still be tension there or is it all just gone with the time? It's safe to say there is definitely still tension there. and we, we all saw it play out. And there was no interaction between the two couples. And as you said, this was long awaited. Their first appearance as a foursome in over two years. We haven't seen them since March 2020 in a similar setting for Commonwealth Day. So all eyes were on them. And as they crossed each other's paths, walking the, down the aisle, there was no eye contact made. Definitely no chatting before or after the service. We saw the two of, of them chatting with others. We saw Megan and Harry chatting with his cousins, Zara and Peter. And then we saw Kate and William mingling with Charles and Camilla, but nothing between the two couples. So safe to say there is definitely still tension there. We know that the rift there is deep and it doesn't seem like any uh, improvements have, have been made in that department. Oh, I see at grandma's birthday celebration. Dang. 
That's right. Yeah, definitely. Fr- it was frosty, but you know, the queen wasn't there. <laughs> so it seems like they're putting all, all of that aside though. They're all there to honor the queen. While there wasn't a lot of warmth between them, there, were, there wasn't anything obvious. And it was clear that everyone was putting on a good face for the queen to honor her 70 years on the throne. It was a special weekend for her. So everything else seems to be kind of pushed to the side right now. Well, tomorrow, there's a derby at Epsom Downs. There's the Platinum Party at the Palace concert tomorrow night. And so many amazing performers. We've talked about Elton John, Diana Ross, Queen, a lot more. And it's also Harry and Meghan's daughter's Lilibet's first birthday. Like, is tomorrow the day she'll finally meet the Queen? Has she met the Queen already? Like, what do we know about the kids and the Queen? So we know there is great intention to introduce Lilibet to her great-grandmother, who is the queen's namesake. The queen's nickname as a child was Lilibet. So it'd be very special for them to meet. Of course, very special for them to meet on this occasion. Not only a big milestone for the queen, but a huge milestone for Lilibet, her first birthday. We know the queen is not going to the Derby, so she'll be at home at Windsor. Meghan and Harry, Archie and Lily staying at their Frogmore Cottage home, which is just a mile and a half down the road from Windsor easy to pop in, say hi to grandmother, take a photo, share it with the world, we hope. Well, I'm excited to see more photos and videos coming from this weekend and that concert tomorrow night just looks dope. (laughs) Erin, thanks so much for coming on the show to share all the details with us. Thank you. You guys, it's Friday, it's sunny, and it's summer. Not officially, but in all of our minds. So with the success of Top Gun signaling the return to movie theaters, we thought we'd share with you the biggest blockbusters coming to the big screen with our official summer movie preview. But first, like I just said, it's Friday. But not just any Friday. It's New Music Friday here on People Every Day. Right after the break, we sample some of the newest songs out right now that had better be on your summer playlist if you know it's good for you. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back, everyone. It's New Music Friday, and we are going to start things off with a little panic. Panic at the Disco has a new track, Viva Las Vengeance. I mean, every song that they put out is just so catchy and makes me want to blast it in my car with the windows down. I'm that girl, by the way. Next up, my girl and Grammy winner Megan Thee Stallion just dropped what might be her sexiest and most stylish video yet for her new song, 
Plan B, which she debuted at Coachella earlier this year. The song is great, but the music video is next level. She looks confident and powerful, but what else to expect from her at this point? And last but not least, soon-to-be dad, Post Malone, just dropped his new album, 12 Carat Toothache, and it's a solid record, but the song I've been playing on repeat is his collab with Doja Cat called I Like You. I can already hear that one blaring at pool parties this weekend. For me, and I'm sure for most of you, the passing of Memorial Day weekend means the beginning of summer. This also means the rollout of some of the hottest, most action-packed, and fun-loving movies coming to theaters. I know we've already covered Top Gun Maverick and that it is the first to really make us think that movie theaters are indeed back. But we are going to fill you in on the other top films to keep an eye on this summer. Joining me now is People's Movie Editor, Nigel Smith. Hey, Nigel. I am so glad you're here. Hey, happy summer. Happy summer. Well, let's start with the action. What films am I going to the theater for to get, you know, my seat rocked by all the surround sound with all the explosions and chases and that good stuff? We have Jurassic World Dominion as the next big action movie coming out this summer season. This is the third film in the the new rebooted trilogy with Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. And this one is probably the most anticipated out of the three, which is saying a lot considering the past two were huge, huge summer hits because this one sees the return of what they call legacy players now in the industry because they're doing this a lot with so many franchises, bringing back the previous cast from the franchise. So we have Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, and Sam Neill all reuniting again, returning cast members, Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. And this movie looks to be unlike any other Jurassic film thus far, because it actually sees a world in which the dinosaurs are living among the humans, right? So it's almost like a Godzilla type of action that we're gonna be experiencing for the first time. Humans and dinosaurs can't coexist. We created an ecological disaster. There's also Thor, right? Yeah, I am so crazy for this one. This one sees the return of Jane Foster, played by Natalie Portman. And she was in the first film and had a a role in the sequel that is best forgotten. But in this movie, she comes back and she is the mighty Thor, the first female Thor in the comic book series. Jane? ex-girlfriend. What's it been like? Three, four years? Eight years, seven months and six days. Give or take. She has huge arms and she's wearing the gear and she wields the hammer alongside Chris Hemsworth who returns as Thor. And, you know, we we don't exactly know how it's all going to play out if she's going to come away from the film as the new Thor. But it should be really, really exciting to see them back on the screen together. Uh, love me some Natalie Portman. So for the kids, what film am I taking the kids to see this summer? 
Well, thankfully, Pixar, like they do most summers, they have a new movie out. Pixar has a very good track record of making movies that appeal to both kids and their parents. So you're in luck. It's not a sequel to Toy Story, but it's more kind of an offshoot and an offspring. And it's called Lightyear. And it's actually about, as you guessed it, Buzz Lightyear. But this time, he's not a toy. It actually kind of takes a a meta approach. And you're going to be getting the story, one of those origin stories of how Buzz Lightyear, the actual hero, which the toy is based, came, came to life. After a full year of being marooned, our first hyperspeed test flight is a go. Who are you talking to? Uh, no one. You were narrating again. I was not. Just doing the mission log. You do know no one ever listens to those. I know that. And so instead of Tim Allen, who voiced Buzz Lightyear in the Toy Story movies, you have Chris Evans, probably appealing to a much younger demographic. It looks to be really, really high on action and laughs. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, finally, I want to know what I'm going to see on date night. Well, for the couples, we have two of my most anticipated movies this summer. And the first one is Nope. I love that title. It's from Jordan Peele. It's another one of his really high concept horror films that tickle your brain while also frightening you out of your seat. And this latest one stars Daniel Kaluuya, who he reunites with after Get Out, and Kiki Palmer, who looks to be having a ball and Steven Yeun, the recent Oscar nominee. What's a bad miracle? They got work for that. The trailer, the poster kind of allude to an extraterrestrial element where maybe some abductions happen, but all is not known and all will be revealed when the movie comes out in July. And then we have Elvis. I'm going to show you what the real Elvis is like tonight. You're looking for trouble? You came to the right place. So it sees the return of Baz Luhrmann, who hasn't really directed a movie in a while. He's obviously the big auteur behind movies like Moulin Rouge and The Great Gatsby. We've been told not to call this movie a biopic by the studio, but they call it a drama about Elvis. And we have a breakout performance from Austin Butler. He was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and he's playing Elvis Presley. And it premiered at Cannes just recently, and he got incredible reviews. People are saying he could walk away with a Best Actor Oscar for this performance. Oh, wow. Nigel, thank you so much. I'm, like, excited to, you know, go spend, what is it, about $60 now to just (laughs) get some popcorn and a soda and sit and watch a movie? Yeah. (laughs) It will be an expensive night out, but hopefully it's well worth it. Okay, so I'm sending you off with this last story that is intense. Yesterday, the National Spelling Bee champion was announced, (laughs) and it came down to the wire with a spell-off. Yes, you heard me. A spell-off to determine who won. 12-year-old Vikram Raju from Denver faced off against 14-year-old Harini Logan from San Antonio in a 90-second speed round. Sakharos. S-A-C-C-H-A-R-O-S-E. Talisai. T-A-L-I-S-A-Y. Parison. P-A-R-I-S-O-N. I mean, intense, right? <laughs> but it was Harini Logan who came out on top. Vikram, during the spell-off, you correctly spelled a total of 15 confirmed correct words. Harini, you correctly spelled a total of 21 confirmed correct words. 
That means that Harini, you are the 2022 Scripps National Spelling Bee Champion. Congratulations. I mean, my goodness. Congrats to Harini Logan, who took home first place honors. But now, you guys, it's time for one of my favorite words, weekend, and we get to use it in a sentence. I hope you all enjoy your weekend. (laughs) We will see you back here on Monday for another week of People Every Day. People Every Day is produced by Chrissy Lindquist, Tony Mantia, Madison Lesby, Rachel King, Matt Sav, Amy Machado, and the great team at Pod People. Edited by Morgan Foos and Carter Wogan. People's producers are me, Janine Rubenstein, and Charlotte Triggs, with help from Elisa Sessler and Fallon Harge. Executive produced by David Blumenbaum and Zoe Ruderman. 